Welcome to another edition of TSC Music's Music with a Mission, where our purpose is to perpetuate and promote the Christian and positive idea through the medium of music and other arts. We are delighted to have with us in the studio today a familiar voice, David Ham. Hey. And somebody who's with us for the first time, but not a stranger around here at TSC. She has served in multiple capacities, and we thank God for having Patricia with us today. Hello, everyone. And uh, new, but not so new, <laughs> Brother Marco, fine director, actor. Uh, we're going to be hearing from them and what is to be happening this week here at Times Square Church, The Cross and the Switchblade. Nobody kills a mile mile and gets away with it. So now you pay. Lord, what's wrong with me? Why am I crying about these kids? I'm Nikki Cruz, warlord of the mile mile. Everybody's scared of me. I am not scared of you, Nikki. I'm just here to tell you that God loves you and that he created you for more than this. The Cross and the Switchblade, a stage production at the Mark Hellinger Theater, January 18th and 25th. Free admission, seating limited. For more info, go to tscnyc.org or call 212-541-6300, extension 2291. And we're back, and we are delighted that you have chosen to join us again here on TFC Music. We've got some wonderful guests with us, and we're going to be sharing with you what God is doing in the production, Crossing the Switchblade, and in some other areas, and some of the lives of some of these wonderful people here in the studio. We are in a different room today, so if you hear a taxi or truck drive by, that's because we're not in an isolated room today due to some technical difficulties. Uh, but Harry Vaughn is at the helm. And uh, we're going to be okay. We're going to be all right. <laughs> Marco, Patricia, David, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. So glad to have you guys. You guys yeah. are, are fine actors and actresses and directing now and writing and the whole bit. So we're going to talk about crossing the switchblade, but let's get a little bit about you individually. Marco. Yes. Give us your full name, where you're from. Give us the scoop. All right. Uh, full name is Marco Antonio Santiago Paz Candelaria Rosario. Oh, watch out. <laughs> oh, <that's, laughs> no, no. That sounds like something after the upper room. You know, so. <laughs> my mom would kick me. I used to not even put my, my middle name, and she'd be like, I gave you that middle name. Use it. I said, yes, ma'am. Um, Where wow. are you from? Actually, I was born here in born Manhattan. Here. NYU Medical Center is wow. right there. Wow. I know. Okay. But, but my, a descent. You're, you're, you're called Puerto Rican descent. Puerto Rican yeah. descent. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. And so you are a... You're a fine actor because I've 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 seen you, I've heard you sing. Tell us a little bit about that. Wow. <laughs> um, well, no, praise God for that. Um, I went to school uh, basically to be an actor. Got my BFA and MFA in acting, uh, and then God just turned it around. Um, I slowly actually started dancing in grad school. So when I was 24, yeah, I started. Tell me that. <laughs> Uh, when I was 24, I started dancing, and uh, God just uh, sent the fire in that area. Um, and then from there, just musical theater. So I did uh, uh, the Broadway tour of Wedding Singer, the first national that went out. Um, did West Side Story when it played in London for the 50th anniversary. Stratford, Canada, when it played uh, the same up there. And then I tore my ACL. And then that's when God said, all right, now it's time to find out what my plans. Because he says, mm-hmm. I know the plans I have for you. And I would always say it, but I didn't accept it. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden he's like, all right, let's see. Now I'm going to start writing your story. Right. And now it's segueing. Well, it's segued all of a sudden. Wow. But I wasn't able to perform for two years. And it's it's been amazing because it's like God took me to the desert. And I was. he's like, all right, this is, this is what I have to do to get your attention. Then I'm going to do it because I love you so much. I will do this for you. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize what a blessing it was until actually now recently, I would say in the mm-hmm. past month, mm-hmm. I'm realizing that, you know, this is – 
what God really called me. This is why he trained me. It wasn't to get an Oscar. It wasn't to get a, an Emmy or a Golden Globe. It was for his glory. Right. So and so God gives you a BFA, MFA, and then tears your ACL to get you here yes. to do what you're, what you're <laughs> doing. True. Wonderful. Now, how did you end up here at Times Square Church? Um, well, New York is the Mecca of so much and especially for performing artists this is where Broadway is so you want you know if you want to be on Broadway you want to get your Tony you want to come here um, so after school grad school you know I came here um, and then with the mindset that I was going to be on the Broadway stage always that I was going to be that star I'm the next big Latin mm-hmm. you know how they always build you up even on the American Idol shows or any competition they're always like why do you feel you're better why do you think you're the best thing for our show and you get in that mentality and you don't even realize it's seeped into you yeah. as a performer and um, mm-hmm. so I, I came here to New York with that mentality I would always say oh when I get my millions I'm going to donate to charity and I'm going to you know do this and then the Holy Spirit just totally said no I got other plans mm-hmm. and he was also like why are you going to wait to give to others when you have a million when you have a million a billion dollars whatever the case may be he's like why don't you start now with the little that you have mm-hmm. so once I see how faithful you are with this little bit yeah, yeah. then I will multiply your five loaves and your two fish whatever the case may be then we'll go right. um, but it was such a hard lesson because I that wasn't my mindset and that's not what you're taught in school in school they're taught you need to be determined you need to you know be able to just do it do it do it do it go out go for it and give it 100% if you give 100% then you know God will bless you and sometimes in the church now we're training not only our young people but we're, we're telling them uh, you need to be prosperous mm. the only reason the only way Christians are blessed is if you have that car you have that apartment you have that family and if you don't have any of these things then obviously like Job you know we have friends around us who are kind of saying oh well then like Job you know you, you, you're doing something wrong because look mm-hmm. you're going through this sure. desert and this mm-hmm. trial yeah. mm-hmm. and as performers we, we'll do a contract and then we're off and even our family would be like, hey, are you are you looking for a job? And they don't know all the time. Yeah, we're doing it. We're, you know, um, but it's it, it's totally different. I'm finding that God, you know, says work out your salvation with fear and trembling for a reason. And it's everyone's walk isn't the same. Yes. Same God, same Jesus, same Holy Spirit. But we're made uniquely. And that's what actually helps us when we knit together and become the body of Christ. Because mm. not everyone's a hand, not everyone's a foot. Not everyone's a brain. Not everyone's, you know, a, a pretty face. Mm-hmm. You know, so you just, the Holy Spirit's basically teaching me how now I fit within the body. Yeah. And on that note, we're going to raise an offering right here on TSC. Amen. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> we heard part one of the sermon today. You know, you know that? <laughs> no, that's great. Uh, tell me something, though, because this is not a new, this is, it seems to be a phenomenon, but it's not new to the arts community. It's certainly not new to the church uh, and it's certainly not new to New York City. Uh, and you said it. Artists come to this city and they're told the same thing over and over and over. You, this is where you make it. This, you know, you. I, I've met so many people, Marco, who have sold everything from the West Coast down to their mattress sheets, you know, everything and took every dime they had to come to New York City because somebody said to them, you've got to be that determined because in New York City, on Broadway, you'll make it. And they end up sitting right where you're sitting. Not that this is a bad place, mm-hmm. but you understand, yeah. it's not the stage. It's not uh, the Tony route. Right. Why is it that artists are still falling for that, that trick, mm-hmm. for lack of a better term? Why is it that even today, in 2012, musicians and artists and dancers and singers can still be told that and they buy it? I think it's because it's it's really shiny, and like throughout shiny the, yes, <laughs> and anything that just attract, obviously we the light, but we don't realize the true light. And the enemy he knows because 
I, I was asking the Lord this the other day. I said, Lord, why is it that you know the enemy knows exactly where my buttons are? Mm. Why does how mm. is it that he knows that? Because I don't talk to him. You know, he we don't write, <laughs> <laughs> but but yet he knows he read my mail. I know. And the Holy Spirit said the only reason why he knows is because this is what he fell with. Right. This is what worked with him, so that's what's working with you. And I said, oh, oh, okay. So that's – we believe this lie that you need – if you can make it in New York, if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. Because the song, that's where you're like, oh, great. I'm going to go and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. Um, but then you – I don't know. It, you realize that it's, it is a lie. You know what I mean? It's like in high school. Mm-hmm. All those problems when you're in school – you know, it's what you're wearing or the car that you're going to drive or even your grades or what your GPA going to be. That is what's that's tunnel vision. And then you get out and you go into college. And you're like, wait a minute. I can be cool or you know what I mean I can still be myself mm-hmm. and yet have my own style and I don't have to follow whatever the the football players were doing or whatever you know the cheerleaders were doing right. I can I can actually have my niche and now I can you know mm-hmm. per se I I can be me and be successful mm-hmm. rather than fitting the mold that I saw except the mold has been it's existed so long in theater per se and even our professors are taught that um I, they're just like go to new york go to new york because that's where it's happening or you want film go to la go to la and so but for actors we're like if you're going to be a serious actor you need to go to this, that that is that's the uh that's your mountain that you need to climb oh. mm-hmm. and then you realize wait a minute and then but you see all these performers they do win the tonys they do it and they climb it they reach the top mm-hmm. and then they have to put up an ad notice or something in the paper saying uh, does anyone need a babysitter you just want a Tony, but then you're like, does anyone need a babysitter? Because my Tony is not giving me what I thought it was going to be. And they get there. And and there's a shelf in the the apartment for it. Yeah, collecting dust. And I thought of that. And I just, friends, and, you know, the Bible says learn from your mistakes. Yeah, but it's better to learn from the mistakes of others than, obviously, Mm -hmm. we will learn from our own mistakes. Mm -hmm. But if I see that that's, the Holy Spirit opened my eyes because they have ears, but they don't hear. They have eyes, but they don't see. All right, I said, Lord. Open my eyes. Open my ears. And if I need to go ahead and some, something's wrong with the formula, they're telling me to do this and this, but it's not there. It's not happening. So if it's not happening, I said, well, obviously, you know, what's the what's saying that if, if you want different results, you have to do things differently. Right, right. So I've been doing the same thing, except the results have been the same. So the Holy Spirit said, all right, change it up. Mm. And that's when I said, all right, Lord, we call you the architect and the author and finisher of our faith. So then if you made... You know, if you're the architect of David's life, if you were the architect of all these people we read in the Bible, such amazing stories, Esther's life, um, even King Nebuchadnezzar, you know, we saw his life. Mm-hmm. He had it, then nothing, seven years in the forest, and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden the Lord restored him. Just all these amazing people in the Bible. I said, Lord, you wrote their story. You're the architect. So here, boom, I'm going to give you my life because I don't, I can't do anything with right. it. That's right. And it's there for us to mm-hmm. learn from their mistakes as well. Because, right. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think every story, David... Nebuchadnezzar, you, you can go right down the list throughout Scripture. Yeah. Those stories are there, f- not just for the edifying, because they do edify when you really read those stories, but they also are there to teach us a lesson. I mean, and you sound like a man who's got victory in the valley, though. Mm. It's o- but it's only because of, he's taking me in the desert. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. the, the victory is coming now. But uh-huh. I was I've many a night. Oh, Lord, why me? Why <laughs> yeah, me? Yeah, yeah. But and you I was preaching, brother. Absolutely, God, you are yeah, God's yeah. <laughs> Patricia, you've been at this for a while. No, oh, this. Uh, He's he's singing my song to the choir, but I can reverberate everything that he says because I've been there. I mean, probably I back ended from the opposite side because I didn't get saved until I had that 
quote unquote, uh, some monicum of success, what the world would say, oh, I want that. What the thing that the young people are raised up to think, if I attain that, if I can be on Broadway three times, if I can be on a national television show, then I've got success and contentment. But I found it to be empty. I went that route. And, you know, signing autographs on the street and people knowing your name for a season, for a moment of glory, it just did not live up. And so my passion is to mentor the younger younger people and to see that lie dispelled. How do we do that? We have to start from the bottom. We've got to give these kids a new way to start identifying what that where their gifts go yeah. and what is well how do you just define success yeah you know god says that he will take your gifts and he will multiply them he will bring us before kings and i i don't know why well, i've been in rooms with people like these people and i said what am i doing here i <laughs> i don't belong because i feel like i i did it wrong because mm-hmm. i went the world's way i believe that lie the first scripture the lord gave me was hebrews ten thirty five. he said Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, for it shall be richly rewarded. You have need of perseverance. But I didn't understand the context of the word confidence. This confidence that, like you talked about, it's like, oh, you have to be, you have to be aggressive. You have to be, you have to push the other person away. You have to think of yourself as higher than others. It, it doesn't work. It doesn't get them where they, where they need to go. Mm. And then when you start to realize what the things are of real value, you say, well, then how do I communicate that to the community of actors that I'm coming into contact with who are young people with talents and they say, you know what? I can't do that script. I can't take the Lord's name right. in vain. I can't go into the mainstream projects. Mm. I can't tell my agent I can't do that. I get, you know, I can't take the name of the Lord in vain. Mm. I, it just doesn't sit in my heart. Right. So when that started happening to me, uh, I, I know you know a little bit about my testimony that when I was on this show and I started, uh, you know, for 14 years playing that role of this supposedly, quote unquote, godly woman, mm-hmm. I had a responsibility to an audience of millions of people who looked to me as a as a model of what a Christian slash uh, Catholic woman should look like. And then I got really saved. So when I got really saved, I started saying, well, she wouldn't be, you know, saying the rosary. She'd be having the Bible in her hand. And they say, uh, you need a Bible? I said, no, I have one. You know, and, and I'd be able to say scripture. And I actually had a, a, a brother in the Lord who was in the crew. And I'd say to him, I'm going to I'm going to put in a, a word here. So cover me. He'd pray that the producer's ears would be shut. So we'd we'd sandwich in scripture in between the dialogue. That's awesome. And, and, the, and the Lord would just let it go out. And so for a season, I was able to be used that way. Then they started writing me as a woman who prayed for people. And then the Lord shut that down. Mm-hmm. And I went through my desert and I said, OK, Lord, so now I have a 40 year career and I feel like I'm at the end of the road. Let me just retire. And the Lord says, no, now. You do it my way. Mm. You give me my gift and let me put it through the meat grinder and refine it Mm. for others in the way that I say. And it doesn't mean that you have the fame and the fortune. And it doesn't mean you're even, I'll take care of your every daily sustenance. And it's a daily walk of saying, okay, this month, Lord, how? Right. And not looking to uh, my agent as my resource or my career as my resource Mm. and starting to give to the the next generation. Mm. I've been... um, teaching at a, a, a summer program for the last eight years where I'm actually working in a Christian environment where we have Bible study in the morning, devotionals, and we are able to direct the plays with these actors and train them with a biblical worldview mm. on top, layered into the way they approach the material. And it's been fascinating. And now I'm bringing these kids in to New York in the summer to do an off-Broadway venue and then see them start to fashion and carve out their career and keep those boundaries 
for Christ. And it's, awesome. it's, it's, it's challenging. But, I mean, I, I don't know how the Lord's going to use the cross and the switchblade, but I see such raw talent here. Yes. Yeah. And I just feel like the love and, and the pouring into them. This is a new, this was a new thing, a collaborative directorship. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, sometimes, I, okay, so when do I, my, when do I, and yeah. the Lord just orchestrated it. It's yeah. not the way the world does because you had to lay down your ego. Right, right. It's not my scene. It's not Marco's scene. It's not David's. It's about when the Lord tells you, this is the insight, the revelation I'm giving you. Take that actor aside and speak into their life. Encourage yes. them. And it mm-hmm. takes some real skill. To be able to do that, yeah. Uh, yeah, be- some experience to, to be to be able to do that. You know? Yeah, because you have to lay it down. Yeah. You have to lay down and say, "Okay, I'll be quiet, and I'll put that, take that aside until the Lord tells me." Okay, now, now speak that. We're going to take a break. That's a lot. That's a whole lot <laughs> for a first segment. Yeah, that was the third sermon right there already <laughs> in this podcast. We're wow. going to pause for the calls. We'll be right back here on TSC Music. God is incredible. God is with you. God is aware of your struggle. God is ready to forgive. God is powerful. God is your friend. God is a good listener. God is for you. God is willing to God help. God is and always will God be. God is able to God protect. Is God is good. His power to change. God is Jesus. God is here. God now. is the one who loves you. God is merciful. God is a husband to the widow. God is the one with your hands. God is there when no one else is. TSC Music Radio. Where God is. This is Carter Conlon from Times Square Church in New York City. In Psalm 142 in the Old Testament, the psalmist David, king of Israel, had a cry at one time in his heart. He talks about bringing this cry unto God. He said, I poured out my complaint before him. I showed him my trouble. He felt overwhelmed. He felt that the way he was walking in, he had no strength. He looked to his right hand and no one was there to help him. Any kind of refuge he pursued seemed to fail him. He said, I cried unto the Lord and I said, You are my refuge and my portion in the land of the living. Help me, for I am brought low. Deliver me, for the things against me are stronger than I am. Then at the end of this psalm, he says something incredible. He says, The righteous will compass me about, for you will deal bountifully with me. In other words, oh God, you're going to help me. And people around me are going to see it and know that you are God. It's time to pray. To find a prayer meeting in your area, visit nycprayer.org. God is Faithful is the title of a new book from the personal writings of Pastor David Wilkerson. This volume offers 365 deeply insightful, deeply inspiring reflections that reveal the loving heart of the Father. Each day in this year-long devotional journey, you can experience what Brother Dave knew intimately and preached passionately, that God is faithful and He takes great delight in you. To purchase a copy in limited edition hardcover, visit tscnyc.org. And we're back in the studio with good friends, brothers and sisters in the Lord, but amazing talent, skill, experience, education, and most importantly, a genuine love for God's people. Patricia, give us the details, because I always, I just called you, Patricia, 
because that's how I've known you over the years. Well, I know your full name, but if you can match Marco, I, I don't right think now. I can talk Marco. I don't have middle names like that. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you a funny story. I, you know, I'm supposedly Italian, right? So my mom, who is Pietrina uh, and Caterina, she, they decide to Americanize my name. So I ended up with a name that sounds very Irish, Patricia Kathleen Mauceri. So I, I don't know how that happened, but you know that's the best I can do, Marco. <laughs> um, my background was, you know, my training came from, I studied, uh, I thought I was going to be a lawyer, I went undergrad at uh, Queens College and ended up in an off-Broadway play as a, as a result and uh, ended up then at Juilliard mm-hmm. in uh, John Hausman's early program. So, um, and then, you know, the long arc of the career. Um, actually, the funny thing is my first Broadway show was right up the street at Circle in the Square. Oh. And my second Broadway show was at the Winter Garden at the other side of Times Square Church, both of them on 51st Street. <laughs> Do you think God had a plan? Does he have a sense of humor? Absolutely. So, uh, kept me in the neighborhood. Kept me in the neighborhood. Now I finally got it right. I'm in the right theater <laughs> yes. in the right place serving the Lord. But uh, 14 years uh, playing Carlotta Vega on One Life to Live, I really felt like that role did speak out to a lot of young people because I was the mother that some of them didn't have. When I started fashioning the role, they said, well, you know, she's Latin. I said, well, what is she? Is she Puerto Rican? She's Latina? She's Cubano? She's Colombiano? What is she? Was that important? Yes. So I I had a hand in creating that character Mm -hmm. when I first came on the show. But what the interesting that happened uh, was later on when my two hunky sons, they were gorgeous Latin guys like Marco, (laughs) and gals would come up to me and guys and they'd say, oh, your sons, they're so gorgeous. Or, I wish I had a mom like you. That used to blow my mind. Mm. I, I said, I wish I was a mom like that because that's, that's television. You know, yeah. We're creating that character. Mm. So to live up to that, you know, I think that God knew that he was going to take me through my paces. And that when the day came, he gave me that role and he took it away. And the day that mm. I had to lay it down, I said, okay, Lord, you gave me this. I give it back to you. And now whatever you want to do, my career is yours. What I've always loved about you is that you are rock solid, consistent. Yeah, you, you are consistent. You, when you were with the Friday Night Ensemble, uh, you sang with us uh, for a while, um, and you were doing some some things in between. I mean, that wasn't like the gig, for lack of a better term. Uh, but I remember then you were just just a praying woman. You believed God. You'd come in in rehearsals and were always just the same. You were consistent, walking with the Lord, trusting Him every day. And I'm hearing it again, only it's deeper because I think you found something that you're doing now that you weren't doing then, I think. And that is this connection with pouring into young artists. Am I right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's where I I find my passion really come ignite. I'm also involved with another ministry called Master Media and then uh, mentoring young people that way in in the media arts. And we're looking to collaborate in a way to try to find a way. How do we raise up these young people to be excellent in their art? Mm, And and that's, I think, what the passion is for the cross and the switchblade. Each time when the actors come to us and they say, I'm not an actor, but I want to do this for the Lord and I want to do it well. So how do we portray truth on the stage? And if I can just this – is, this is kind of my own personal uh, philosophy because we study a lot of acting techniques. Marco and I have had some chats about this. <laughs> I really believe that God is raising up a new acting technique. And what yeah. it's called is where do you find truth and how do you portray truth that is compelling? It has to be anointed, but it has to be based on the word. Yes. So if we want to understand about the flaw, we understand about greed, we understand about lust, we go to the word. Because the word has the truth that will inform what that thing really is. Right. Yes. And then how do you protect yourself when you have to portray dark things? We've come up against yeah, that yeah. in this production as well. So, I mean, 
I could wax long <laughs> on that, but know, that's, I, that's just yeah. scratching the surface. Oh, oh yeah. Great. And it's the beginning of something really new, I think, uh, that needs to be established um, and understood in Christian communities in the local church and how we should approach drama ministries yeah. in the mm-hmm. local church. And I think where we've been going with the cross and the switchblade and our commitment to to really help develop almost this newfound craft for a lot of these young people. It's been, wow, here's our opportunity to lay a, a, a foundation that is different than what mainstream has been teaching and telling young actors to do. But we're, we're creating a foundation of just biblical principles mm-hmm. for a biblical worldview and your approach mm-hmm. in this craft and being able to really see things spiritually as you approach every character. Yeah. Exactly. You know, yeah. and mm-hmm. I, it's been exciting. Yeah. yeah. When I talk with my actors and say, okay, what is your character's spiritual life? They're, well, they're not, they're not a Christian. doesn't matter. Every human being has a spiritual, spiritual. life. That's right. And once you tap into that, you can understand and portray it. Yeah. And we've all come from somewhere, regardless of the actor and what role you're portraying. We've all come from some somewhere and can relate to some part of that character. Is that safe to say? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if I had the, the funds, I'd buy a building today. And stick the three of you in it, <laughs> and would start a school tomorrow. I would. Oh, that'd be so we always so, talk about this, Greg. About yeah. what we want to do. <laughs> what we hope or dream of yeah. could happen. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody want to you know, write a check? Uh, big theater <laughs> in the back. Oh, forget it. Well, I Let's, mean, this yes. could be very well the beginning of of the dream, the vision. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't take that lightly at all. Yes. Come on now. Let's, <laughs> let's talk about the production. Carlson the Switchblade starts here at Times Square Church Friday night. January 18th. Yes. It runs for an entire week, and then you do it again. Is that right? Next Friday? Friday the 18th. And um, so it's this Friday, and it'll be the 25th as 25th. well. So next you skip Friday. a week, and then you do another week. And yes. do another one. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And you got, you three ended up co directing. Yeah. In a, in a uh, sense. How'd that happen? Yep. Yeah, Lisa Richardson, who is the director of drama mm-hmm. ministries for the youth ministry, um, uh, as we were working together. And uh, holding auditions and looking at the script with just the youth ministry team, realizing how large this production was going to be. After they asked me to direct it, I was like, I'm not going to be able to direct this myself. And so um, during the audition time um, through those couple of weeks, that's when Marco came in and um, uh, he read for one of the read for a. One of the Mau Mau's um, came in, read with another young man. I'm sitting there and, um, you know, Marco just exploded, obviously, (laughs) um, when he came into the room, just lit the place up. And I'm just sitting there quietly, you know, I'm trying to do sort of my casting director mm. vibe, you know, don't get too <laughs> excited about nothing, you know, like my legs crossed, like, you know, just kind of sitting back, you know, I'm trying to play the role, right? And meanwhile, everything inside of me, Greg, it's like, this guy's amazing, like, oh my goodness. And I'm like, he's a professional. And I asked him that, too, and I said, you're a professional actor, aren't you? And he's like, yeah, I am, you know. And then, But it, it, that was it for me. I was like, and so after everybody had left the room, I was like, Lisa, I don't care what we do. And however, whatever, but this brother has got to be involved, yeah. e- even beyond as an actor. So, um, and then I already knew uh, Patricia um, because, and I reminded her actually uh, last year during some of the rehearsals, where I said you were instrumental in helping me and sent by God. Remember, for the longest time, Greg, I had that problem with that change uh-huh. from the preacher right. to the chief priest, and whether that transition was supposed to be gradual mm-hmm. or sudden through one particular line. And it wasn't until right up 
in the morning of that first show, Patricia was helping down uh, with with actors and wardrobe and stuff, and I just pulled you aside, and I was nervous too. I was like, she doesn't even know me, but I know her, you know. Like, and I pulled you aside, and I was like, you know, um, I'm really stuck on this line and how I should make this transition, whether it should be gradual and smoothly go in to become the chief priest or or whatever. And you went, no, 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 sudden. He said, make it sudden. You shut down that pastor and you turn on that role as the antagonist and you just, you flip it, make it sudden. It was like, I was like, okay. You know, it's like, I trusted her right there. I, I just, um, and she just has, you know, when, when Patricia directs, there's such emotion for <laughs> that, that she brings to, to her, to her coaching style and, 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 and she just oozes passion and compassion for even those that are trying to, to learn and know their crafts. And, the, mm-hmm. and so, and I'll never forget, I stepped out there and I, I shut that, that preacher yeah, off yeah. immediately. And, uh, and I could sense from the audience it was a whoa, like you know, and how it, it, it was a good. metamorphosis good taking place. But yeah. then it was just like the cocoon broke, you know. Yeah, so it was a no brainer. And uh, so I had just told the youth ministry, I said, "Listen, there's two people that we need to to call in as as co directors for this." Yeah. And besides, it's a cast of seventy people. Yes. I was like, "There's no way I'm doing this by myself." <laughs> Are you kidding me? So, so there we have, you know, just two amazing people as a part of this wow. directing team, and um, it's exciting. That's awesome. I was a little offended you didn't ask me to. <laughs> to That's okay. Well, next time. Next podcast we'll talk about it. No. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's a, and it's wonderful to hear how this has come together. It, this is a particular, you said you were in a valley or you're beginning to come out of a valley or you're beginning to experience a victory, Marco. Um, as an artist, as an actor, as a Christian, what do you feel is one of the most essential things that you're poured into some of these unprofessional actors and actresses that you're working with because you're, you're working with some people now who are, who are not actors and actresses. Right, right. Um, and, and, but then some of them aspire to be perhaps yes. some mm-hmm. of them will walk out of this production and say, Hey, I'd love to do that again. Hey, I'd love to do that forever. Oh, I want to be like Marco. Uh-huh. What is it that you want to instill in them? Um, that God has to be first. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it sounds cliche ish, but I know and we're taught that so much, but in the sense that, um, I'm being held accountable now as a performer when I say I'm in this desert because one of the cast members, a uh, uh, sweet girl, um, and I'll say her name, right, Kandisha, um, she said something gorgeous. Like she's like, like you know, the, the model. She basically is the mold that the people want for model. Like, oh, you're tall. You're, mm-hmm. You got that nice thin look. Um, and somebody asked her during, I guess, rehearsal, and they said, hey, have you ever thought about modeling? And she said, yeah. She's like, she's, I've been approached, um, but I didn't want to do it. You know, you, I didn't want to go down that road and, you know, be one of the Victoria's Secret models and la, la, la is what she said. And, I, and, I, and for some reason, it re- the Holy Spirit used that to really speak to me mm-hmm. because as actors and performers, we're told to morph and you become the character. You be the clay, you be the blank page that 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 director needs. Mm. And I've believed that and I'm going to call it a lie because it has been a lie because Mm. it hasn't fulfilled me um, in my career. And and there might be another performer who says yes. But in the sense, when I say it's a lie for me is because um, the enemy is totally using it. But in the sense, as a Christian, we say, all right, great. We make a covenant with the Lord. I will give you my life. You have my, you know, my tools and everything. But then for some magic reason. That's the covenant. That's with the Lord, bought, paid in blood. When we get a role or something on stage, we can say those foul words. We can become that character. Mm -hmm. We can take it there. But 
the Lord will totally know and he'll forgive me all <laughs> because I, that's my profession. But what happened to the, that covenant? And so the Holy Spirit said, Marco, think of them as contracts. Mm. Good. You know, so if like I have an NBA player and I'm going to sign him with Nike, great. You are signed with Nike. But if Reebok or Adidas comes, you know what I mean? Then you can't totally, you know, you, you, if it conflicts, you have to abide by your first contract that that's you right. went ahead and had. That's right. And so that's kind of what the Lord's been telling me. And when I say keep God first, um, that's what I mean. That's what the Lord, I want to impart to them, no matter where God takes you. If you become a lawyer down, even if you don't become an actor on the stage or an actor on TV, I want them to walk away from this production knowing that, A, God was in the presence, that God worked and flowed through us, um, but that no matter where he takes you, you have to keep him first. And for any future performers, I want them to realize your contract with God signed in blood, bought in his blood, mm-hmm. supersedes, overrides right. any other and role you have. Right. And I feel there's, because that's where we get, the Bible says not to be double-minded in James. Mm-hmm. And I know in life we see that, oh, okay. But then as a performer, same thing. We should not be double-minded when we get there. It's if We are to be children. You know, if I say, if you talk to a child, they know exactly what they want. You know what I mean? We're like, how can a child bring such truthful emotion? How can they cry on cue? Now, they don't really cry on cue. The emotion's just there. You know what I mean? Right, right. You know, and the children of faith. And just, I want these, I want every single cast member to walk away and remembering to keep God first and that their contract, and I say, I say contract, but I mean their covenant with God yeah. overrides any other role that, that they'll be. And that's only something that I've learned by being in this desert. And I will say within the past month, because I'm being held accountable in the family, because you, mm-hmm. you say, why do I have to be, you know, I can just listen to this podcast and that'll be my, you know, or I can listen to a sermon online and that'll be all I need. I don't need to go to the church. I don't need to walk through the doors. And you don't realize there's a, there's a reason why you actually come. This is your spiritual gym. This right. is what preps you, you know, for when the enemy comes. Um, so, no doubt. Yeah. Cliché is, but keep God yeah. first. Keep that contract yeah. first. Uh, I had the same experience with my with the people I mentor. Uh, the people who are wanting a professional career, I would just add this, and it's just a, a slight variation on what you're saying. I tell them constantly, you cannot expect to have a career that is guarded and guided by the Lord and that moves forward unless you have a parallel path of increasing and developing and maturing maturing your spiritual life at the mm-hmm. same time it's a parallel thing mm-hmm. you can they are mutually exclusive god will not allow you to move your career forward because he cares about you mm-hmm. if he, you're not also increasing your your understanding and your spiritual depth because you cannot give and be exposed to the things you're going to be the challenges of this career without strengthening that walk every step of the way and it's it's true actually in every profession more so in the arts and and a lot with the women that I mentor as well because they all want to they want to skip ABC and they want to get to step D and they want to say yeah so where's the husband I say, you know, he's, you, no no where, where's your husband you know mm. if you don't make him your husband and mm. and they look at me as a woman who's been through you know marriages and I say do you want to do it my way without Christ or do you want to do it one step better that's for my career that's for my personal life I my life is an open book Learn from me and and move and move to a better place. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't wait upon the Lord, if you don't give Him autonomy over every decision, as you honor that covenant, how can you make a covenant with a human being who's 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 going to fault you and fail you without knowing that your resource is the Lord and that He is your husband? 
I say I, that personal relationship with the husband. That's uh, lay my head on the pillow at night and say, mm. "Okay, honey, what you know? What do you want me to do tomorrow?" And he will tell you. He will be that intimate partner, whether it's guiding your career or guiding you in relationships. It's it's integral. It's mm-hmm. it's you can't you can't do without it. Amen. Mm-hmm. Incredible wisdom in this council. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Thank God. We're going to take another break. Come back. Get more into the production coming up this weekend or starting tonight. Across the switchblade, we'll be right back. The adult and youth praise choirs are just two of the many ministries that make up TSC Music. We're also looking for volunteers in other areas of music ministry. Are you a musician, an actor or singer, a video editor or an audio engineer? Perhaps you're great at learning song lyrics and quick on the computer, then Projection Ministry could be the place for you. Or maybe you enjoy meeting new people and talking with them about music. Then you'd fit right in with our sales team. If you're a music lover looking to find your place to serve, we invite you to apply online. Visit the website tscnyc.org and click on Get Involved. Nobody kills a mile mile and gets away with it. So now you pay. Lord, what's wrong with me? Why am I crying about these kids? I'm Nikki Cruz, warlord of the mile mile. Everybody's scared of me. I am not scared of you, Nikki. I'm just here to tell you that God loves you and that he created you for more than this. The Cross and the Switchblade, a stage production at the Mark Hellinger Theater, January 18th and 25th. Free admission, seating limited. For more info, go to tscnyc.org or call 212-541-6300, extension 2291. Fear. It's one of the most powerful weapons that Satan has against you. Once he has gotten you with fear, then he will take your faith. Because fear is actually the opposite of faith. The Lord said, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. Now fear is when we look at the size of the opposition that we have to encounter. And dismay comes when we look inside and don't see enough strength to fight the battle. And God's word was don't let fear or dismay get a hold of you. Because it's not about you. It's about Christ in us. That's the good news. Paul says to Timothy, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. He's not given us a spirit of fear. Fear not. When that simple word gets into your heart, that's where the sound mind comes from. Fear not. I don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be afraid. Face your fears and overcome them by the power of God. Face them now. It's very hard to get right with God in a season of panic. There are going to be many things in the future that are going to cause fear. And some things are causing fear today. But for the child of God, God says to you, fear not. That's where your sound mind will come from. Fear not. I know what fear can do. I was paralyzed by it for over nine years. But I know when I came to Christ and made a choice of going all the way with Him and walking with Him, there's no fear in my heart. If you will make that choice, you'll be astounded at the power of God that is available for you. Power, love, and a sound mind. That's what comes from God. And it only comes from God. It only comes from God. Pastor Carter Conlon's new book, Fear Not, 
Living Courageously in Uncertain Times, is now available at Barnes & Noble, Amazon.com, and wherever Christian books are sold. And we're back, and we are. Man, this is really good. Marco, Patricia, Dave, uh, this is a real blessing. We're going to make sure to blow this one up, because uh, I think people need to hear this yeah. um, uh, everywhere. Uh, crossing the Switchblade starts tonight. People need to see it. Yes. They need to see it tonight, and yes. they need to see it on the 25th. Yeah. Yes. Uh, as well, right here at Times Square Church, sixteen fifty-seven Broadway, seven p.m. You want to get here early and get a seat. More details are available online, and we'll talk about that later. Let's talk about the play. What a journey! Ev- yes, <laughs> I mean the story is the story. If you've not read the book, yeah. you need to read the book. Was the book required reading for the cast? Uh, we did push it, so yeah. many of them have read the book, um, and uh, it stays pretty much true to the books. So right. I, I wrote it generally as an adaptation to the book. And um, and it's so funny. That's, it was, an, you know, Greg, you were the one that encouraged me that you said, if they come to you about this, listen, you only have like just a it's like a small window, like, you know, short window to just go for it. Mm-hmm. And right. He said, don't hesitate. And you said to me, matter of fact, you should just go ahead and start writing. Right. So even before they approached me, I had started reading the book again. And I was highlighting and taking notes and starting to kind of create an outline idea of just uh-huh. characters yeah. and what it looked like. And uh, man, I thank you because the moment they sh- came and they asked me, Phew, I was on the, tra- <laughs> yes. I was on the train on my little iPhone, and my little notepad, <laughs> you know, just writing away. Like I would read the book in the in the evenings at home once the kids went to sleep but then on my way about to the city I'd be on the train on my phone mm. like just write you know just writing so Maybe. I was staying true to the story right. just based upon what I've been reading but just with the I loved sitting on the train and seeing today's contemporary people yes. on the train and it helped me write mm. you know scene by scene so I wrote most of the scenes on the train wow yeah. awesome awesome tell us a little bit about what we're going to see my fellow co-directors will help me with this. <laughs> you, you, you know what you're going to see? You're going you're gonna to see on stage a tremendous story of one man who responded to the voice of God. Mm. He responded to the voice of God. He didn't know what to expect, but he was constrained by the Holy Spirit to go. You know, even as Paul said, constrained by the Holy mm. Spirit, I don't know what will happen. I will probably go through some trial. I think he said in Acts chapter 20, yeah. he said, but I'm going to share this gospel. And it's that's what you find out of just this life of Pastor David Wilkerson. So it's a, it's, yes, you're going to see a whole lot of gang stuff going on. Mm-hmm. But this, this play is really about the story of this man who came from Pennsylvania. He responded to the voice of God and was passionate about the lost. Yeah. There are some scenes that really move each of you, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Patricia, tell me a little bit about... There's this one particular scene you alluded to during the break. Uh, well, uh, the, there's a scene of when the ladies and the guys are kind of in their dance and their mode of kind of <laughs> interacting in ways that we tell them not to react in their personal life. And, and then we had to put them on stage and say, yeah, be realistic. And then like, yeah, should I really move my hips like that? And, uh-huh. and it's uh, club, club room love, you know, and so <laughs> yeah. and it's uh, it's a. It's a snapshot of what that lifestyle is like outside of the life of Christ yeah. when you're looking for that hunger, that dissatisfaction for that loneliness and that yeah. intimacy, desire for intimacy, and the way the world tells you to satisfy it that ends up being empty. So there's a, there was a real fine line for us to walk in trying to direct them. We're still them. trying to, find, still trying to yes. find the balance. Yes. You know, how to last hour. be realistic and true to what that looks like right. and then try to protect them yeah. in the Holy Spirit, oh, you know. Oh, my goodness. So, 
That's a very delicate walk. Oh, right? It's been challenging. Yeah. I mean, you, and then because really at the beginning of working on this scene, I kind of pulled back a little bit and watched Patricia and Marco work. So it's like, you know, just seeing them come from where they they're from. And so what we did though is we we gave it as much as we could. Yes. You know, we we pushed the envelope a little bit. We 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 gave it as much edge as we could. And then, you know, just collectively within the youth ministry, it's just been we've been pulling back on it. And I remember at one point we you know, we got the word it's just way too much. It's just difficult yes. to even watch. So we were like, okay. They were like scale back. So we scaled back. Uh, I mean, we I pulled a lot of stuff out, out of that scene. <laughs> and then, you know, some of the some of the execs came back in and then they were like there's nothing going on in this scene. <laughs> we need some more. So, you know, it's been a journey in that scene, to say the least. But, I mean, that's been the challenge. And I think that's a challenge for just um, Christian theater in general, mm-hmm. um, being able to – because the goal for me in, in writing that scene and, and directing with Marco and Patricia has been, let's show how wicked – uh, and how deceptive this world is, this right. this club room love. And I think just to help people understand a little bit more, this scene is actually the first time that David Wilkerson showed up into the gang community. Mm-hmm. A young girl named Nancy had invited him to come check out and see where the GGIs and the GGI Debs would hang. And as written in the Cross and the Switchblade book, which is very, very descriptive, <laughs> to be very honest with, Pastor Dave said this, you notice I'm quoting Pastor Dave. <laughs> Pastor Dave said he went down into the club room, and in that club room, he said there was multiple beds and, and couches, and there was just a lot of sexual activity that was going on within the, within this one little space, just out in the open, along with a lot of drug use and a lot of just alcohol. And he said he was brought right into this room, and there it was, right out in the open. I mean, just... And the Lord opened up a door for him to go into that place. Now, not everybody can do that. Absolutely. You know, not everybody can do that. But the Holy Spirit, again, constrained him to be there. And he preached the gospel that day. Um, and I'm not going to say any more because you just need to come <laughs> yeah. and just see what God does. Yeah. It does confirm one thing for me, and, and this is the challenge all the time. Can it be accomplished that you portray the darkness and the edginess of that without actually doing it? Right. And my answer is yes, there yes. is a way. There's yeah. a way to make it believable because you don't have to actually see sexual activity to intimate something to give the audience right. the idea of That's what right. is happening. That's and right. sometimes less is more because you engage the imagination of your audience right. when you don't don't actually see it because they have to in- say, oh, I know what that you know, everybody sure. has had their can bring their own experience to it and say, I know what that is. Yes. And that's darkness yeah. and identify mm-hmm. that. So, it, you know, it just you don't have to portray every single moment of darkness for the audience to get the point. Right. Uh-huh. And that, that's what makes this trio so phenomenal to, to, to <laughs> me, you guys, because the, the skill, the the, the the ability to articulate how to do that? I mean, just you saying it confirmed that it, you know, because uh, Jesse's over there, but she's your amen corner. She's not she's saying anything, but she's over there. Yeah. <laughs> jump, out, jump out the window. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, because, we, we, because we go through it all the time. And I think, Dave, we talked about this before. Uh, we used the word cheesiness, and sometimes <laughs> in church productions, we want to try to portray the darkness because we know that it's a very real reality yes 
but then we still want to be liked. That's right. And so the cheesy route seems to be the, <laughs> the yeah. way to do it. And so it's not really effective. It's it's almost you you intimate it, but you don't. You know what I mean? Oh, it's, man. it's it's so it's not real, and yeah. people look at it, and then the production becomes what it becomes That's pretty cheesy. Play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm and I'm glad to hear that you guys are pushing it, but with with skill and with a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit well, and, that you're not yeah, pushing and the it over the purpose isn't for shock value. Right. I feel exactly. like the world, push the envelope. Yeah, push the envelope. Right. See how far it's you can go. Not no, it's, right. an artist can still paint, uh, if there's blood in, you know, in the canvas, you don't use real blood. Right, right. You are just going to use, you know, you know what to do to imply. And like you said, the imagination is so strong. Yes. So strong. You go, But uh, that stage that we're performing on, and, and then not only the stage, but our bodies, mm-hmm. it's holy. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so that's what we, that's what I kept on, and I know we had, but that was the trickiest thing with that scene, yeah. which is still, it's still developing, and I'm sure it'll still continue to be polished, um, even next week. You know what I mean? Like, we're always, you know, whatever the Holy Spirit says, but we, we do need that gauge to kind of read, mm-hmm. but it was, it was accelerate brakes, accelerate brakes. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. And we're like, and even the cast were looking at us and they're, we're like, okay, rem- now good take it. And they're like, we don't know which version you're talking about because yeah. we just right. got 10 million ways to do it. And then to be sensitive to those actors who come to you and say, I feel uncomfortable in this moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because every, every, everyone pre- performing those roles, it's a personal thing too. Right. How, how, where do you feel comfortable? Where do your boundaries go? Maybe something's a trigger for you that's not for someone mm-hmm. else. Right. So right. we have right. to be, we have to be very cautious and very prayerful about that. And what we told the girls, remember? When we were staging yeah. a lot of that key yeah. thing, when the guys grip, we said, "No, guys, you are not going to place your hands on the girls. Girls, you are going to tell. You are literally going to place their hand, take mm-hmm. the guy's hand, and place it That's where right. you, you feel, feel comfortable. comfortable. Not let the guy initiate it. Right. Just for that stage, we're like, Smart. it's it's all yeah. about that. And then, and then the guys feel comfortable because they knew their boundaries and mm-hmm. they had permission from them. And one other thing that came up in my mind while you were talking about. The whole point of this play is about a man who was under the unction of the Holy Spirit doing things that someone who's not under the anointing can't do. Right. You can't walk into a dark place and break the, the bondage and preach the gospel if you're not under that holy anointing. I mean, we see our, our right. senior pastor pray that all the time. I can't do this, Lord. Bring your Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing. The actors know that they can't portray those characters. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. They have to be anointed in those moments. And that's the difference of theater that is under, been saturated in prayer by godly vessels. And I believe that people will be be just just, uh, riveted by the truth of it if drama is anointed. Mm. Yeah. That's the difference. Absolutely. It's like, and it goes back to what we said earlier about People that would think, oh, how can I see this spiritually? My role is bad or uh, I'm the evil guy. And, you know, we've really encouraged this cast to really understand, well, no, this is something that the Lord is in, even in the role that you're playing. You need to ask the Holy Spirit to lead you as you would portray this authentic character who is lost in sin. So that even more so as this project progresses, as the play progresses, that he, the reveal of God's glory and the power of his spirit would be even greater, yeah. you know, in the journey of this production. Awesome. One of the things the Lord gave me, and I know it was early on, and it was something because my heart was so heavy to protect these kids. Um, one night when I was, I would just sent Lisa an email and the Lord said, you just get a word document up. And it was a prayer to de-roll. I don't know. A lot of actors mm. don't know how to de-roll. Wow. And it is about saying in very concrete, verbal language, yes. I have engaged and invited this spirit in. Yeah. Now yeah. I evict it. Yeah. 
Mm. with a very specific prayer. We handed that prayer out. It's not yeah. my prayer. It's something to give them a, a shape, sure. a guideline of how to well, say. Well, in the sense that the Holy Spirit was always the main. The Holy Spirit was always present. Right. But if for some reason another spirit unintentionally, yeah, because you're portraying because right, you never open right. the door for another you don't spirit. Open right, that. that prayer was, and then if that way you are. You're cleaning house. Yeah. You're turning on the lights in every quarter just in to make sure there's corner, no hidden corner. Leaving no stone on. Right. And, and, and also mm-hmm. not to allow the spirit, dissension or because we have antithetical gangs. Mm-hmm. And the guys who came to love each other and have fellowship, Lisa said, mm-hmm. that, I want I want relationships to come out of this. It was amazing. The guys who were in the gangs that were antithetical to each other afterwards, they were like, oh, man, I don't want to do it. They come over and hug <laughs> each other. And they just, you know, just to break down that, that, nothing, that nothing could get in to yeah. cause dissension. That's no, so good. So good. Makes sense. Wow, this is going to be one incredible play. Yeah. Get here tonight. Give us the details, Dave. Yeah. Um, play starts at 7 o'clock. I would encourage you to get here no later than 6 30. Um, 6 o'clock. Mm. 6 o'clock. There, there will be a line yeah. yes. around the building. There is. And um, so we're really excited about tonight. We do want to just inform those that are listening um, that because this is under the youth ministry umbrella, that it for the main sanctuary it is 29 and under adults are obviously able to come in as chaperones youth pastors youth leaders um, and just remind them that 29 is an adult 29 <laughs> is an adult yes Good. Yeah, thanks greg yeah, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> and um, but you know adults are, are welcome to come there's over 30 that is over 30 adults <laughs> over 30 thanks greg and um and there will be space in the annex um unless anything changes to, in terms of just more space and maybe the balcony opens up uh, are we streaming i think they're streaming they um i do not know the details on that okay. yet there's a I'll strong possibility yeah. um i'm almost we'll sure find out it. and if so we'll, we'll we'll let you know it's probably on the website uh, as well yeah awesome david patricia marco incredible We'll, we'll, we'll be talking. Oh, uh, so I don't more. have a building, so we're not going to be talking about that, but you know, we'll be praying about it for yeah, sure. Man, right. You guys, are, I, I so enjoyed having you. And, and just this short time together and what you've already shared is just incredible amount of information. We do a lot of productions here, and uh, I think much of what, in fact, all of what you hit on is so necessary for future productions. Yes. To be able to sit with the cast ahead of time, help them maintain their walk with the Lord, they, that parallel walk, so that they, you know, if they've got to play a role that's outside of their uh, the norm, in a sense, uh, that they can do that. And like you say, be able to de-roll, you know, and not be walking around. We've had a we've had a few friends here on the show uh, that were former actors and actresses. Uh, who who mentioned that uh, as well that they would have to go home sometime and just have to literally shed uh, the whole role. Even yeah. putting on the outfit made them feel bad, you know. Yeah. And so uh, it's a very very serious, very serious uh, uh, situation it for is. for actors and actresses. Thank you guys so much. Appreciate you again tonight. Crossing the switchblade here at Times Square Church, seven p.m. the eighteenth and the twenty fifth. Don't miss it. And remember, if ever we put the messenger before the message, we have failed to present an unblemished gospel. I'm Greg Thomas. Join us again next time on TSC Music with a Mission. Take joy, my king, in what you hear, and let it be a sweet sound in your ear. 
We sincerely hope and pray that this podcast is a sweet sound in your ear. We also hope you'll join the conversation online because music with a mission doesn't end here. So check out TSC Music on Facebook to share your thoughts and get regular updates. Follow us on Twitter at TSC Music Tweet and don't forget to use the hashtag MWM Podcast. Watch and share videos on our YouTube page at youtube.com slash TSC Music TV. And of course, you can always email us at music at timesquarechurch.org or visit the website tscnyc.org slash music. Portions of music in this podcast provided by TSC Music, produced by the director of TSC Music, Greg Thomas, mixed and engineered by Harry Vaughn, and I'm the project manager, Jesse Carrasco. Coming up next week, we have producer Chris Belmont of Jaw Rockin' Productions and one of his most unique artists, He Sun Lee, an Asian female Christian rapper. Music